0: And good old sports fans uh having to get things set up so we're a couple minutes later but uh glad that you've chosen to join in with us this morning uh because there's still a lot of sports things to break down today
1: yeah there is and we have a lot a lot a lot uh to talk about regarding this week and this sports week that's coming up uh regarding uh some interesting news in college football. Uh, and then the playoffs that will resume playoffs? that will resume this weekend. This is an interesting, interesting time for sports. This is the pinnacle of sports. It's when the NFL is in their playoff uh, reign. So, some like I said, some interesting news and everything that's going on uh, in the college world. And um, yeah, so let's kick it off.
0: Well, uh, we're going to start, of course, uh, as well as to over in the NBA. Uh, Milwaukee, man, that's a basketball machine right now, uh, as they continue uh, to win without the Greek Freak.
1: The Greek Freak.
0: Yeah, he's uh, you know been out for for about four or five games now, and uh, four games, and they continue to win. Uh, I think that it goes back to what I've been saying about the NBA is that we're starting to see the ability of these teams to play as a team. That it that no longer you know are we built around one or two guys per se, but we're able to continue to compete uh, even without our best player on the court.
1: Well, M- Milwaukee, like I said, is one of those teams where they're. Uh... They have a couple of players that you could count on when you know, Giannis is out, but as a whole, I don't think that they're as sustainable as what they would believe or as what anybody else would believe. I think that that team heavily relies on um, uh, Giannis to carry them, and you know, you know, with his defensive play, his offensive play, um, you know, that's that's fine, but you have to find your identity. Outside of Giannis, um, because when he goes down, you know, what, you know, how do you carry, you know, how do you move forward And until he gets back? and uh, So with Milwaukee, I think they just have to find the time to find their groove, um, to find their rhythm and, and, you know, stick with it. And I think actually if they do that, then they will be a lot more dangerous uh, once Giannis gets back.
0: Well, it seems like they have, you know, like I said, pulling off four in a row, uh, Drew Holiday had thirty-seven last night. Allen Holl- had twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, Ingles had fifteen. Brooke Lopez, I forgot he was even still, yeah. you know, playing basketball. He had nineteen last night. Yeah. So I mean, you, you're starting sure to you see that maybe they're they're finding a rotation yeah. that even well, without Giannis can compete.
1: Well, Drew Holiday is another vital piece to that offense. Yes, um, and he has been since he's been there. Uh, he's a uh, uh he's one of those shooters, you know, he's one of those, you know, guys you don't want to leave open on the court, uh, especially if he's on the wing. And I think he has, you know, as we've seen, uh, here recently, he has the potential to, to be that next guy, that number two player, or if Giannis when Giannis is out for however long, uh, he can be that number one player and lead that offense. But, um, the way everybody else has stepped up, I mean, Brooke Lopez, I think Brooke Lopez is heavily underrated in the NBA because you don't hear about him as much. You always hear about you know Jokic, uh, uh, Embiid, uh, what's the other one? Jared Allen, mm-hmm. you know guys like that, you know big guys like that. You always hear about them and how about how dominant they are. But Brooke Lopez plays with finesse. Um, he's one of those. He's one of those big guys where you know. He he's kind of behind the shadows, but he's very dominant on the court, and you have to you know uh, watch him because if you don't, you know he can dominate as well, just like those guys. And so I mean you know props to you know Drew Holiday and you know the other guys as well as Brooke Lopez. You know I I don't I don't see anything um, other than them than them continue to find find their groove and that rhythm to continue winning uh, because, you know, who knows how long Giannis is going to be out. And um, it kind of helps their case in the East because the East is so dominant right now, you know, with the top three teams in uh, Brooklyn, Philly, and uh, Boston. So you have to be, you know, you have to continue to play, you know, big, um, big and uh, just dominant basketball to, to keep, you know, yourself above water. You don't want – I don't think it's, it would It would be good for Uh, – what is Milwaukee? Where do they sit right now uh, in the East? Second now after yeah.
0: this run, uh, Philadelphia is uh, just a half game behind them. And then, of course, you have the Nets now a full game behind them and the Cavs uh, at a full game behind them. They sit four games, though, behind Boston. I mean, Boston's just kind of pulling away. Right, as far as the division. But, you know, I've said this about Boston. They're a very beatable basketball team. Yeah. But they built up such a lead there in the East that you get the feeling that somebody's just going to have to catch them in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, and beat them in a
1: series. Yeah. And, you know, Boston, they are beatable. But you have to. They're one of those second-win teams. Uh, I've seen it when they played the Lakers. Uh, And... They're one of those teams where you think that they're, you could think that they're all out and gassed and, you know, they don't have anything left, but they catch a second win, and that second win is heavy.
0: Well, that happened, you know, against Brooklyn, where, yeah. you know, it looked like Brooklyn was just going to run the court with yeah. them. And then all of a sudden, in that second half, they, they play their brand of basketball yeah. and remind people, hey, this is why we're one of the top well, they're, the top they're,
1: team. they're able to do that because they run a fast paced offense, uh, but I've never seen anybody run a fast paced. Well, other than the Houston Rockets when they had Mike D'Antoni uh, when he ran small ball over there, but they run such a fast offense with shooters, mm. and that's how dangerous. I mean they'll they'll I mean dot you up. <laughs> it just because and this is why I say you have to watch how you play defense against a team like that because if you plan if you're playing a wide open defense, then they're going to shoot your lights out. But if you can play a well pressed defense that you could possibly get on, you know, contain those players. They have a few of them out there, like Marcus Smart uh, is one, um, and Jason Tatum is the main one. But if you have guys like that, you want to be sure to get guys on them fast. Um, it's it's slim, slim to none chance that you could stop Jason Tatum. He may still shoot on you, but at least Marcus Smart. You know, you don't want to leave him open if you're going to double-team uh, Tatum, you have to be able to run some kind of press defense. You can't run a uh, any kind of zone defense that will leave those guys open and just free to roam because that's why they that's how they beat the Lakers. It's that I don't know for whatever reason that that defense changed up and they left about two guys, two other guys open uh, while they tried to guard Tatum. So. Yeah, they're a very beatable team, but your defense has to be locked and loaded and tight, man.
0: You're gonna have to. You're not gonna outshoot them. Yeah, no. You're gonna have to get some stops. And very
1: and, defense. You got to play very good defense.
0: You know, and so it. You look at that those teams in the East, and you know, there's a couple that you think might can hang with. We'll we'll see. Like I said, you just get the feeling nobody's catching them in yeah. the conference, but they might can. You know, you you get them in a a, a series they got to come to your place. you got to go to theirs and see if you can steal one on the road. Uh, And then you're putting your team uh, in a position to be very successful. Brooklyn, on the other hand, not doing so well. They've dropped another one without Kevin Durant. Still trying to find that rhythm. And I, I don't know if they're going to, but they need to figure something out fast. Well, this goes
1: back to what I said, is that Kyrie has to be Kyrie. Kyrie has to be Kyrie, and you really step up. I mean, he if if you know Max Kelleran hit it on the head a couple of days ago, uh, uh sometime uh, sometime last week when he made the the statement that Kyrie's one of the top players in the NBA. as today, and I agreed with him, still agree with him, but Kyrie has to to be that and he has to play that role, um, because with KD out, KD is a, an important part to that team, especially uh far as uh, points being scored. But Kyrie can do that as well. And so I think with Kyrie. You know having to. Him find his own place. And his own groove without KD on the court. Once again. uh, You know that's going to be vital to. Whether or not they can keep that top. top, That top position. In the top five. In the east.
0: And he's got to get healthy. He set out last night with a sore calf.
1: Yeah so. That's the other thing. When
0: Kyrie plays. Kyrie's. You know, arguably one of the, if not the best player in basketball. Uh, But when he's, you know, out there and getting hurt, and and we've seen that from him over his career, that there are times where he's just not on the court. And this is a point where he's got to be on the court, period.
1: Right. And Kyrie is, I mean, very, very capable. Um, You just have to... I think you had to evaluate you know what's what needs to be done if you know you need to you know make him more of a role player or you know him continue at point but you got to be able to win you know without Katie on the court and you had to find a way to win even if it's ugly and you just pull one out but you got to find a way to win Got you.
0: When, I mean, you lose that game on the road to the lowly Spurs who aren't even, you know, part yeah, of the conversation. You're losing, when
1: you're losing to the Spurs, that says a lot.
0: But, having said that, Kyrie's the difference maker in that game because Ben Simmons actually scored 10 last night. You had Seth Curry scoring 16. You had Thomas scoring 15. You had TJ Warren with 19. Sumner had 13. So, I mean, they were spreading. Claxton had 15. They were spreading the basketball around. You add you know, Kyrie's 20 points, there's the game. So, I mean, it, yeah. it's just a matter of he's got to play, and he's got to play well. And if he does that, and you can continue to get production like that from your other pieces, you can stay afloat. That way, you know, the the, the thing here, especially in the East, is you've got to stay within striking distance. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I don't know that anybody's catching Boston. Uh, but you want to stay close enough that, hey, if you get a couple of three games with them towards the end of the regular season, those might be meaningful. You know, it, it might matter. Uh, and also just for the psyche of if we play them in the playoffs, we can go into Boston and beat them, you know, because you got to steal at least one on the road, you know, at some point. And, and just for your team's psyche, you've got to keep it close. You can't let somebody like a Boston or Milwaukee just run away with the conference. Right. And then you'll know, try and go toe toe with them in the playoffs. Just right. not gonna happen.
1: Right. And I, I <laughs> to lose to the Spurs doesn't doesn't really help their case. It doesn't bode well. <laughs> yeah. Um But speaking of the Spurs, where are they? I mean,
0: like you look at them, I where think, is that going? I
1: think it's time for uh Popovich to retire and I, I it- thought he would last year. I, I Yeah, I because it's grown still. You know, we talk about this a lot on the show, is when coaches or players overstay their welcome. And it be, it becomes still, and it becomes, you know, just kind of uh, same old thing every year. You know, kind of like going through the motions. I think it's time for him to uh, retire because he's not going to change his offensive philosophy. Yeah. He's not going to change his defensive philosophy. Yeah. Uh, he he's gonna coach the same way he's he's coached and you know uh, Tim Duncan and uh, Ginobili and Tony Parker and all those guys were there. You know it's gonna be the same kind of philosophy. But I think you know if he he needs to retire in order to help that in order to give that team a chance to find their own uh, pace, their own identity. Because if not, then that. That organization isn't going to be on the rise anytime soon. I mean, not with him there. Uh, I I just don't see it. Well, Seth, I mean, uh, Seth, Steph Curry ruined it for Popovich because
0: Popovich built a philosophy on I don't shoot threes, I don't believe in the three-point shot. Play within the paint. We're going to play in the paint, and we're going to get after it. And that worked for years, I mean, because nobody else really tried to shoot your lights out all the time. But with the the advent of the Golden State Warriors and everybody kind of seeing that and trying to emulate that and drafting that way and training yeah. that way, it kind of the league kind of left Popovich behind, yeah. which is sad. I mean, you hate to see that. Well, but that's exactly. It's what's
1: interesting happened. that you say that because if you look at it and you look at the uh, timeline, the Spurs were in the playoffs every yep. year leading up to that point to around. Uh, 2014, until 2014, 2015, yeah. around that time. They were in the playoffs. They were in the playoff talks. They were leading the charts uh, up until that point. And, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because when that happened, that's when they started to slowly decline because, you know, the, the not because Golden State was on the rise, but it was the type of game that they were playing. And the basketball world seen that for two two or three seasons straight yeah. where that just worked. And they came in and torched you yeah. every night. Yeah, and, and they they won two out of three championships because of it. And so with that happening, you know, the, the basketball world seeing that We got to be that. We got to yeah. do that. That's what's in right now. That's what's working uh, at the high level. Uh, so with with San Antonio, with, with Popovich, he, like I said, he, he's – He's conservative. He's not going to move. And you would think by now, since that kind of basketball has kind of died off, you know, taking a a back seat uh, and that just good basketball is being played. Now, you would think that the Spurs would be, with his style of coaching, would be a top team. If not a top team, a good team um, as far as right now. But I think it's just him and the type of player, maybe the type of players that they have. Uh, something's not clicking over there in San Antonio, but you want it to because it's just like the Lakers, you know, if the, when the Lakers are bad, the NBA is bad. It's the same with Spurs because they've dominated the charts in the, the NBA for so long.
0: They were the standard. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, exactly. And so the Spurs taught you how to play in the paint, you know, they taught you how to use your middlemen, um... And to use your point guards. Tony Parker mm-hmm. was a darn good point guard. Yeah. And, you know, Tim Duncan, in the, you know, a great shooter. Tim Duncan, I think Tim Duncan, when Tim Duncan and uh, uh, Derek Nowitzki were on the court, it, it was magic. I mean, lights out. Those two guys knew how to play on the perimeter and on in the middle. You know, they played their role. And so that kind of basketball was in. And it's in now. But I think they have to find their groove, and I think they have to find it without Popovich. Sad, sadly, but I you, you think just it's get time. the sense
0: he's lost his voice, you yeah. know, in that organization. Yeah. You've got a different generation of players. I was at, in fact, I was listening to Nick Saban uh, yesterday, and the goat. Yes. Yeah, the exactly. goat. hmm mm. Yeah. The goat. Just he's the all
1: right. say, it. he's all right. say it. He's all right. He's the goat. He's up great. yeah. He's a good coach. His team did not reflect that this season, but the goat this just go ahead and admit it. Come on now, he's a great coach. Anyways, the he's goat was, coach.
0: the goat was speaking, and uh, he said, "Listen, he said the way I communicate with players now is far different the way it, than the way I communicated five even ten years ago." Yeah, and and he <laughs> talked about the advent of uh, you know that that this. Uh, Generation of Players is so social media oriented and all those things. And he said even the way you coach them is different. Mm-hmm. With Popovich, you watch him coach. He's still coaching the same way in 2023 that he was in 2007 You yeah. know when he was winning with Tim Duncan and all those guys. Yeah, well, he
1: won a championship that year.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, or even, so... you know, it, it's just that... That's his style, yeah. and he's sticking to it. Now, there are things about Nick Saban that are the same, and he, he admits that, you know, and there are things about you that you're not going to change. Well, but there's also other things that you can change that you've got to be willing to adapt.
1: Right. Well, okay, you said that. We say that about, you know, coaching, and we say, you know, we've seen a lot of uh old-school coaches, you know, that are hard-nosed, hard-to-move, and, you know, they're setting their ways about their coaching style. Yeah, uh another one is Phil Jackson. This I think this is it is sad because these are great coaches. But but here yeah, and I agree with you on Phil.
0: But here's where Phil was different. Phil was changing when everybody else wasn't. I would be interested to see if he would be willing to change in today's NBA. You because know, you think back in the nineties. He was doing things that nobody had ever seen before. Yeah. Then he kind of reinvent himself with the Lakers, right? And then you know he kind of reinvents it, it, himself again. So I would be interesting, You know, yeah. there are things about him that wouldn't change as far as it, there are some staunch ways that he's going to handle big name yeah. players. He's, but I think that's where he's a little bit different. Is his thought process was more of a. Uh, because of his eccentric well, personality, yeah. Well, he was there
1: for you're him. right about that. You know, he did continually uh, adapt for everybody. Yeah. Uh, he's notorious for running that triangle offense with the Lakers. I mean, it mm-hmm. worked for for him like it worked for nobody else. And so, from what he did in Chicago with Jordan, uh, Rodman, and Pippen, and all those guys. Yeah. And then to switch over to the Lake, Lakers, and he has a, a player, uh, like Col- and Kobe Bryant, Shaq. You know yeah. those guys. Um, uh, and he and, and this is the crazy thing, you know, he didn't have the top players or the, the, the but he had the top team. Mm-hmm. Um, he had Kobe and Shaq. You know, for a while it was it was Michael Pippen, and Rodman, and you you had some other guys, but those were his top three guys. Steve Curry even played on those teams. Yeah, <laughs> didn't so forget about that. So yeah, and so he, for him to be able to adapt before everybody, anybody else that reached that point, yeah, says a lot about his coaching style because he looked at the players that he had and said this will work best for them. You know, he didn't leave Chicago and say, "Okay, I'm gonna run this. I'm gonna run this offense the same way I did with Jordan and Pippen and uh, Rodman." No, he said, "Okay, I have Kobe. Col- I have Shaq. First off, then you get Kobe as a rookie." Um, uh, he like, was he there when Kobe was a rookie? Yes. Yeah. You Kobe as a rookie and then you make that bond work uh through that career until Shaq leaves and then so on and so forth. You make that work and then you just perfect it. You know, you pretty much master that offense because you've gotten a player to believe in you and your coaching philosophy and, and what you're trying to do. And, yeah, it changed the game. And I think that plays that played a part in, uh, you know, why Kobe was so great. You know, he is so yeah. great. You know? he,
0: he gave a lot of credit to Phil Jackson yeah. and his ability. So that's why I think he's a little bit different in that conversation just because of what we saw. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if it would work or not, but I would be interested to see. I really thought if you wanted to make – Los Angeles legitimate again.
1: You bring you, you Pat- bring in Phil. Well Jackson. They, they did for consultant and so that's the interesting thing is that we talked about before is that the Lakers brought him in to consult. Yeah. And the first thing he told them was trade LeBron James. Now this is Phil Jackson. We said all these great things about Phil Jackson and all what he's capable of and what he's and what he's done and able to do. Uh you would think even, even I, you know, when he said that, I was like, wow, yeah. you know, but it makes sense. Okay. Phil Jackson says, you know, there has to be some kind of validity to it because he sees something that they don't. Mm-hmm. And I, and thinking about it now, we've talked about this, uh, uh, more than a few times is if you move LeBron James, you're able to see what you have. Yep. And it's like they're playing under his shadow. Nobody else talks about, uh, uh, Lonnie Walker, Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn, um, Nobody else talks about uh, Thomas Bryant and those guys. It's always LeBron at the head of the, at the head of the, um, the um, headlines. Push, yeah. You know, he's 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 at the top. And so it's like you're playing under his sh- play or playing under his shadow. It's about LeBron getting his points and uh, setting records and all this stuff. Well, okay, but what about what Lonnie Walker was doing on the court? You know, what about what how far Thomas Bryant has come in his game? Mm-hmm. Even Russ. You know yeah. these are guys who are able to change the game, but if LeBron is at the front forefront of the conversation, who will ever know? You know, and so you you have to I I, I think there's some very uh big conversations to have there. How do you just ignore a coach that won you what six six championships? Six
0: championships. He
1: has two three peaks. Yeah. <laughs> so how how do you do that? Well, well I, it was I think five. It, yeah, but uh, yeah, well, yeah, he went teams. six one five.
0: Yeah, and uh, but but I think it's a matter of that's just how much clout LeBron James has in the league right now, but but I think that shows you that that Phil would come into any team, Lakers wherever he you know if he were ever brought in and see the the whole roster, and that's what I think would make him unique compared to a Greg Popovich or. You know some of these older coaches that we've seen grow stale mm-hmm. uh, and, and go out of the league.
1: Yeah, I think if Phil was to come back to maybe even consult the Lakers, not not now, not coach. If, if I don't know if he's up for coaching, he may be.
0: I mean he's almost what eighty now.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't think so. But even if you get him as a consultant, I see him if Darvin Ham was willing to uh, take a chance on it, and he say. Because looking at this team now, it's not necessarily comparing them to the old Lakers team when he was there. But looking at this team now, they have the perfect setup to run that triangle offense. Yeah. You know, you have Thomas Bryant. You have AD. And so, you look at the team that he had then. He had a few shooters. Lakers didn't have a lot of shooters. They had a few. Maybe one or two. Yeah, Kobe Bryant. And... Your big men were, uh, Andrew Bonham and, uh, Pau Cazal. Pau And then you added, uh, Lamar, uh, Lamar Odom. Mm-hmm. And so you had your, your two twin towers in the middle, which is what made the Lakers great, uh, in, um, 2020, because they had their two, two towers. And then you had, uh, yeah, like I said, Lamar Odom. And so you have, you have, uh, Troy, Thomas Bryant, and then you have AD. You have another another uh guy coming off the bench, the one they got from the from the Warriors. I can't think of his name. He's number 95. Uh plays great defense. Um You have him. And then you have Russ. And then you have Lonnie Walker, Kendrick Nunn. Uh William Gabriel. And if you wanted to, if they didn't move LeBron, you still have LeBron. Um, so I think the Lakers are in, in a good spot to run that offense. But like I said, it's, it it would depend if this were to ever ever happen. You know, this is speaking yeah. hypothetically. If this were to ever to ever to happen, uh, uh you, you were speaking of one uh, Toscano Anderson. Yeah, yeah, defensive play. He was a he was a main piece of yes, that he is championship a, he win. Really was. Uh, championship last year. And so you you get that team together because I don't know what offense Lakers are running right now. It works some nights and then it doesn't. You know? It's more of an
0: isolation offense, but it really doesn't fit because what they're trying to do is isolate LeBron. It It's yeah. all fed through that. And what I liked about the, the offense without LeBron, it was more in the paint. And then letting Russ uh, get his shots in, you yeah. know, because he's going to shoot his. Yeah. But it, but it kind of allowed a more of a free flow but, type of offense.
1: But see, I think if you do that, if you move LeBron, what you call it stays, uh, uh, Pat but, Bev, yeah, Bev stays, you know, because you know he's a defensive player. You know, he plays hard. If you look at him, he plays hard basketball uh, defense. He's not he's not scared. He'll get in your head. You know, he's a, he has a street ball mentality with the NBA type of style, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you want that on your team. I liken him to someone like a uh, Ron Artest, you know? Ron Artest, get in your head, but he can shoot your lights out too, you know? He can play good defense, you know? He was part of that last championship that the Lakers won was because of him and his defensive playing. Yeah. And so...
0: And that's why I thought... Man, you bring in Pat Beverly, you you can kind of change the identity yeah. of your team. You, you upped and, their defense, man. And without LeBron, you you saw that. But yeah. it, it's something about just interjecting LeBron. But I, I, here here's the genius of LeBron James. We talk about LeBron James every day on this show. LeBron yeah. James gets run on ESPN every single day. That's the genius of him. Is that he has built a brand. No matter how well or he plays or he doesn't play or whatever, he's going to be in the headlines
1: every single day. It's what makes people like him, but also what makes people not like him. Yeah, you know, it, you're right there. It's the genius of it. It's it's like uh, Donald Trump, and we're <laughs> gonna so we're gonna talk about this here for a minute. It's like Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a genius, and he said back in the '90s if he would have run for president, he from point A to point. A, uh, B, C, and D what he would do and it worked and I tell you if it didn't work I don't know what did it worked and that's exactly what he did when he ran for president but he knew which which corners and which angles to hit, what to talk about what to say yeah. to get certain people to vote for him and it worked he said this 20 years prior to him even running for president Yeah, and so it's just like LeBron James, he knows what angles to hit. He knows what to talk about. He knows what's what's in. Even they even know what the questions to ask him. And so, yeah, he's built his own brand and through his own name. And so, it's it's kind of hard not to because it, no matter where you turn, he's he he's leading the charts. He's scoring. He's doing all this, this stuff. Well, and we're not a clickbait show. We don't
0: just throw things out there just for the sake of views, right? And, and that's why I want to, you know, put it out there to our listeners and viewers that hey, we're not talking about LeBron James just because we're talking about LeBron James because at some point he works his way into the conversation. Yeah. That's just how good he is yeah. at, at that part of it. Yeah,
1: it's just. I mean, like I guess it's it's inevitable. Like <laughs> at some point you're going to mention LeBron James, but um, I, I think you know it, it's just for that to happen. You know you're gonna you're gonna have to either either move him or he's gonna have to take a lesser role. Yeah, you know.
0: And they've got Sacramento tonight in LA. Poor. Yeah, them. yeah.
1: Holy well, Sacramento. Uh, they beat uh they beat them last time. It yeah, was they a close. Did. It was a close game, but they beat them.
0: Yeah, I mean they're ahead of them, but yeah. I mean it still feels like lowly Sacramento. <laughs> you well, know, they still they, feel like the stepchild of California.
1: Yeah, and because they were them in the them in the Clippers. Yeah, uh, they were at, at ahead of the Lakers at one point. What happened? They, they, they still are. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, they're still. I'm just
0: saying, so, as far as the just the perception around Sacramento, they're
1: a playoff team. Yeah,
0: but we act like that's just lowly Sacramento.
1: Yeah, nobody no hears about them or talks about them. Uh, the only player I know on their team is De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. <laughs> that's sad to say, but that's the but this, only player I know on their team. This year man. we're
0: seeing more of the small market basketball teams. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like they, they have a legit chance to get on the well, national it's, map. It's, it's like the NFL. To change the It's like the
1: NFL. What, you, what we would call a parody in, NF, in the NFL is exactly what's happening, happening in the NBA. Except it's different in the NBA because... You know these are these are teams that nobody really watches. So it's like, yeah. if they get in, it's like wow, you know. And the NFL is different because people watch those teams. You know, they, because
0: even when they were bad, they were getting a two o'clock game on a sunny afternoon. Exactly. Th- these other basketball teams, and that's that's the other thing about the NBA. That's why the NBA is so regional, for mm-hmm. the most part. Now you're one of those that you live in Texas, but you're a Lakers fan. Yeah. Some of that goes on because it's the Lakers. But for the most part, basketball is very regional-centric. Like, right. most people that, yeah. that live in Texas, if you're in the northern half, you're going to, uh, you know, support the Mavs. If you're in the middle, you're going to support San Antonio and South of that, you're a Houston fan. For right. the most part. Uh, you know, and then and you look in Los Angeles, or even in California, that's kind of how it is. It's sectioned off for the most part, you know, although the Lakers do dominate the headlines more often than not. Yeah, And then in, in the East Coast, you're going to, you know, generally if you're, you know, from from uh, Boston area, you're, you're going to support the Celtics, and
1: because I want to say this real quick, is it baffles me that there are Clippers fans in L. A. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like that they're not and all. I Lakers was fans. I was like Shaq, and I was offended when they said that they wanted to share that uh, they were sharing. You know, the Staples Center with the Clippers. That's the Lakers' house. Go get yeah. your go build your own facility. And then the fact that they will take, they wanted to take down the 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 Lakers Hall of Fame jerseys for their games. I'm like Shaq, no. If you want to do that, go get your own. Yeah. But I'm I'm just baffled that there is any there there are Clippers. There are literally literally a good number of Clipper fans in LA.
2: Yeah.
1: Who would do that? I don't care how bad the Lakers are. The Clippers ain't. It's like <laughs> selling not, your soul. Yeah, they ain't worth it. But but the, it just shows Purple that that's kind of how day.
0: that's kind of how the NBA works. That they're more you know regionally based like that, and that's why I think this season is so unique. Is that on a national stage, you're going to be able to watch some of these teams that you may have never seen, yeah. or you may have seen one or two games when they came and played you know your team. Yeah. But now they're going to get an, a national stage. I think that it's good for the NBA. Yeah. Because now you're going to get coverage for these teams that haven't in the past.
1: Yeah. Um, but you know. I think, you know, with, with the Aaron Fox playing so well um, this year, this season, I think because I, I mentioned before that if they say, you know, if he doesn't, you know, kick it into a gear, you know, he's out this, you know, next season. Yeah. Um, but how well he's playing this year and being a leader on that team, I think you kind of – Yeah, you look, at, you look at giving him another chance, to, you know, to prove himself. Because, I mean, come on, he was the number one overall pick. You know, coming out uh, ahead of uh, Anthony. What the heck is that man? Anthony Towns. Yeah, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns. Whatever, yeah. that man. Carl Anthony Towns. Who has three names like that? <laughs> three first. Well, two
0: first names. And yeah, and then Towns. Yeah, whatever that is. Like the name the last name. What is that? Yeah,
1: Towns. Mr. Call, Towns. Call Anthony Michael Michael Towns. That makes more sense. If he had a fourth one, I guess you'd say. Imagine when he was in school, Mister. You call me Carl Anthony, (laughs) (laughs) Carl. But no, but so De'Aaron Fox came out ahead of him. Uh, They were the top two in their class, and so I think you go, you give him another chance. You you see what you you have in him, and then move from there. But with them playing the Lakers, uh, it should be a good game. Like I said, the Lakers beat them the first time. It was a good game. but Lakers just ran away with it in the end. But we'll see. Yeah, it's the Lakers. Lakers any given night. So a cu- a
0: couple of things on the high school front uh, to touch on: Coach Scott Surratt was voted the best small town coach in the nation uh, yesterday, and that, so, that's, so, not the, well, well, the, <laughs> so that's not good enough. Well, but so the criteria for small school was if you coach in a town with a population under ten thousand. Ah. Wow. And so, uh, I guess, you know, but this was across the nation, you know, any yeah. state. And so he's voted the number one in the nation. That man's a machine. Like, yeah, in the nation, yeah. That, that, you know, like, I saw that. That's not even the state. That's the nation.
1: He's voted <laughs> really number one in the nation. And nobody, and this is the crazy thing, is Carthage doesn't get that much coverage. You know? Not
0: nationally, no. No.
1: They, that, nobody, because i seen on Max Preps, uh, they had mentioned a team in uh, Oklahoma. I can't think of the name now. I can't think of the oh, name. Oh, yeah. It was all over.
0: I I, I was trying What's to the remember. the Big Bixby? Bixby, B- Oklahoma. And everybody's like, oh, Bixby this, yes, Bixby
1: that. I've seen film on Bixby. Carthage beats them by two or three touchdowns. they touch yeah. it's not even close. Yeah. that's And everybody was talking about, they were like, no team in Texas or California could the ever B- beat Bixby. And I and I commented. I said, Carthage, Texas.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's right. all I had to say. If, if you're so certain, put Carthage on the schedule. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to tell some of these teams that we're the best in our classification or we're the best in our what Okay, if you're that sure of yourself, call Carthage. Yeah. Because there's plenty of teams that Carthage calls
1: that say, like, no thank you. But here's the thing is, that's Oklahoma. And we're talking about Carthage. But we're talking about Carthage. Carthage can beat them. But we didn't mention Katy. We didn't mention North Shore. Oh, yeah. Duncanville. But, the, None but of the those reality guys. Westlake. Okay,
0: but here's why. The reality is that we think Carthage can compete with those guys. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I there's not a team. I mean, now obviously you're gonna run into some depth issues in six a But really and truly, pound for pound, barring that, there's not a team that you look at and go, Coach Rat can't scheme up a way to beat them. Yeah. Like you you just get the sense he's gonna figure it out. And that's why he gets an award like that, that you're the number one in the nation. Because yeah. we watch film, we've seen this, and we have seen, and we don't see any team that you couldn't scheme an offense up and go carve them up on yeah. any given Friday.
1: Yeah, because when you step into the world of 5A and beat those teams, and you're a 4A school, and then you a have, Division two 4A school. And you
0: have arguably the top 5A team in East Texas turn you down three times yeah. for a football game. Yeah, that, that, that says a lot. Talking to you.
1: Yeah, just, please like just you, go ahead and make that... Go ahead though. Leave, after Schedule this playoff it. run with them, I don't even think I want that game to happen anymore. Because I believe Carthage would beat them.
0: Don't know till you see it. I still think it would be a sellout. I mean, I, oh, yeah, definitely. That, they, I mean, they should have beat Alito. Yeah. like They, they really yeah, should have. And they would have trounced... Uh, what's their names in the state championship game?
1: Yeah. But... Yeah, I guess I'll, it would be a sellout. It would be an interesting game to um, uh, to attend and I mean, see. Oh, we would be there, for yeah. sure. Uh, Lobo, no doubt. We, you have to play it in Lobo. Oh, yeah. We, we have to. It, it, no doubt. You got to pack the
0: hill. There would be people sitting on top of the press box. Like, yes. the roof, to watch
1: I'll that tell football you, game. But, um, but this is how legendary Carthage is, along with you know Coach King over there in uh, Lobo Nation in Longview. You have to – this is how – uh, legendary, these two teams are in East Texas, and they're within an hour away of, of each other. Yeah. And so, you know, the you want to talk about Bixby, Oklahoma. Like, come on, man. Don't disrespect Texas. You dis, you, okay, everybody else, but don't disrespect Texas uh, high school football.
0: Especially Carthage. Yeah, don't do that. I, I just thought that that, I mean, that really, you know, solidified for me you know, because there's people that ask me all the time, is is it really is he really that good? Like is Carthage really that good? And I'm like, Well you I get you, chilled by talking about Carthage. Yeah, man. exactly. Like you said <laughs> that it and it yeah. clicks with you. But I thought that that solidified his position in the country. Yeah.
1: And and you know, it that right <clears throat> there it, it also proves what we've said many times on the show. If you haven't seen Carthage, go hey, watch him. Go watch him. You know, if if you're not from Texas, make a trip. Schedule you know, it's they, worth a plane ticket, and yeah, oh, definitely. And um, I mean, depending on who they play. Of yeah, course. The, well, yeah, you don't want to see a, go and see a team that they just absolutely blow out. But even then, it's it's amazing to watch. Yeah, you well, know, I, don't,
0: I don't know if I'm buying a plane ticket to see that.
1: Um, <laughs> go see them if they were to play like a a five A school or something or know? Gilmer. Or yeah, or I mean, yeah, that, that's always a fun matchup. Um, but yeah, so Who's your daddy,
0: but it's always yeah, a fun matchup,
1: but. Go go see them. You know, that solidifies and that verifies what we have been saying all this time. Carthage are. Who Those we, guys. Yeah, they are just who we thought they are uh, and who you would think they are. And so, it's, it, it's amazing. It's an amazing show on the field, just from the coaches to the players. Very classy, too. Very classy. They're a classy team.
0: Yeah, uh, and you—we've you, said this before, uh, but if you—you you didn't tune into that uh, or that show that day, you know, you—you you take the field and you see them, and you go, "That's a college," like they—they're there, they're there to do business. They're gonna blow you out, get on the bus, keep their mouth shut for the most part, and go home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what they do. They—they they literally roll out and go. Well, this is just a normal week for us. We're gonna beat you by fifty and. See you later. Yeah. Uh, but another well-known high school coach is Rush Prost. Uh, he was uh, made himself famous at Hoover, Alabama, uh, winning six state championships wow. over there. He was in line to go be the head coach at the uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, and that was going to translate. He was going to Nick Saban's staff. Had a famous fall uh, from grace as it kind of came out that you know he had a second family. (laughs) Like it it was this whole deal uh, in the mid two thousands there in Hoover, Alabama. He was dismissed. He goes down to Georgia, uh, goes down there and takes over at Colquitt County, wins state championships in Georgia, and then goes over to uh, Titletown, which uh, was you know shown there. In uh, the Netflix uh, series, Town at uh, Valdosta, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of Colquitt County's big big rival. They hire him. He gets fired from there because he gets into it with a booster club guy uh, who runs things. So he gets accused of some improprieties there. He was actually out of coaching, been out of coaching for a couple of years watching his son play at Piedmont High School. And then he pops back up, and he's going to go back to coaching. And he's back in Alabama uh, at a Christian school. I want to make sure I get the name of this right. Uh, it's a little 1A school there in Alabama. Coosa Christian School in Gadsden, Alabama. He's going to be the co-head coach and the uh, athletic director. So the, the setup here, because you've got a man of his stature, is head coach, head coach. And then the assistants. They're gonna have two head coaches
1: Ooh, uh, man. calling
0: the shots. But this is apparently uh, something uh, that he's been in contact with the current head coach who just won a state championship there. Okay. Okay. And okay. Uh, so they're bringing Coach Prossino to keep winning and also to improve their uh, recruitment process because he's you know notorious for reaching out to colleges, getting guys you know in the the college ranks and in the NFL. But but the reason I won this on the show, one, it's Russ Prost. Uh, a lot of people haven't really heard of him, but a lot of people have just because of his you know ability to win. Right, right, right,
2: right. But
0: I thought this was worthy of a conversation, here's why. At the end of the day, people may or may not like it. It doesn't really matter. You are a coach win football games. It doesn't matter what he does or doesn't do on or off, I mean, off the field. It matters what he can do on the field. You're hiring him to win football games. And there's always going to be some booster club somewhere. There's always going to be some superintendent somewhere that needs to win. <laughs> and goes, we're going to hire that guy.
1: Yeah. And we've seen hires too where it's like, okay, why in the world did they hire this guy? But when you're winning, you say you say this all the time, when you're winning, everything else goes away. When you yeah, start when he losing, everything. yeah. When you're losing is when you know everything else comes out, you know. And so it's it, when he scabs over the, the the injury, you know.
0: Well, that's what happened to him. So in Hoover, he gets fired after a six and six year. He, he falls short in the state semifinal, so they fire him. You know that that's when the impropriety comes out. At Colquitt County, uh, he falls in the state semifinal his last year there. That's when they come after him. At uh, Valdosta, he fell short. That's when old Nub, as they call him in that town, came out. At... I mean, so, so it's just a pattern there where winning, you know, what to me that's still winning, but in their eyes, you know, that wasn't enough. But winning cures everything. And there's always going to be some school somewhere in some state that looks at you and goes, they can turn our town around. Right. I would love to see him in Texas. I mean, if he would ever come to Texas, that'd be great. Watch him and rat go at it.
1: Can you imagine that? It's an atomic bomb. That's two atoms waiting to blow, yeah. Two atoms that will come together to make a uh, black hole. You don't want that to happen.
0: That'd be fun.
1: That'd be I think it'd be tragic. Sign me up. We don't want to see Carthage fall, so
0: I don't think that they would. I I could see meeting Ghost Pros. But I mean, you want to talk about solidifying your I mean, okay, but, he beats John King, he solidifies his place in Texas, right? I mean, for sure. Yeah. No questions. He's already there, but I mean that just but if he would were to beat a Rush Prost on a national stage, huh.
1: he solidifies oh. the South. And yeah, like, he's already period. got the nation. But, but, but the so South but,
0: believes in him. Yeah. Like,
1: that, and, but all, that's crazy. So to see, to think about how close uh Surratt is to that and we're talking about a guy who went to from to like what three states two, three states and one yeah. state
0: championships and well two or three uh, uh, Rush Prost has been in uh two states
1: two states yeah and one state championships there and then we're talking about Scott Surratt who just got you know recognized as uh the number one small school head coach co- in the nation. coach in the nation the na- yeah so look how close that is like you've got the nation yeah. And you only one coach away from getting the South.
0: Yeah. Like the South, <laughs> we're our own people. Like yeah. we really buy into this. We right. know what those Yankees up north say.
1: Yeah. But that's just that's just crazy, man. But this is this is high school football. You know, this is high school football. It's is it's dominant in Texas. Uh it's it's dominant across the South. Uh but especially in yeah, Texas Texas is the uh, pinnacle. It sits right there at in the middle. And at the forefront of it all. So, you know, what else do I have to say about it? It is what it is. It's just who we are. Thank you, Coach <laughs> You keep us relevant. Yes. I mean, not simply... Scotty! We,
0: but but you, you keep us definitely, you know, put us on the national map, if nothing else. Yeah. So, we, we've been talking about when would the NIL deals start collapsing. And yesterday... We got reports of the first one. Florida uh, quarterback commit Jaden Rashada has requested a a release from his national letter of intent with the Gators. Uh, He requested this last (laughs) night after a $13 million NIL deal fell through according to multiple reports.
1: You know what this sounds like? You ever played Jenga?
0: I've actually never played that game. Really?
1: Wait. Well, you stack the blocks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. i am about to say, man, you didn't play Jenga. We got to catch you up, man. Yeah,
0: I thought that that was that game. Uh, I was thinking Yahtzee. I've never played Yahtzee. Oh, I haven't played Yahtzee.
1: Or if I have, it's been a while. But anyways, Jenga, you pull the pieces, and you try not to make the tower tumble, right? Yeah. Pull the pieces, and you place them back on top. Uh, This is what the NIL deal is like. They're pulling players, and they're placing them, placing them. They've pulled the.
0: private entity within the athlete department that raises money. When did money. it start? Uh, it didn't say. I guess they've been in business for a while. But it was supposed to be a four-year, $13 million deal.
1: See, this is why.
0: But the So the insider on this is having to speak, of course, on anonymity. Because they, they're not wanting to release names right, yet. Right. This is a person familiar with the entire situation. And this was their report to the AP about this. Rashana was the number seven ranked quarterback in the nation. Uh, return, and he has returned home to San Francisco.
1: <laughs> Goodness, and seven rolling in school. He flew all the way across the, the the country. He had originally
0: said he was going to Miami. He had backed out because of the disappointing season they had. Yeah, committed to Florida, and then Florida didn't pay.
1: See, this is why you set guidelines, and but this, you know, what this sounds like? It sounds like the NFL. But Florida's without a quarterback. Listen to this. Uh, you, you, uh,
0: Richardson's... So leaving. Richardson's gone. John Kitna's son, Jalen was arrested. So he's off the team. Uh, Amory Jones and Carlos Del Rio Wilson had transferred this past spring. So they do have Wisconsin transfer Graham Mertz. Uh, and then you have Jack Miller third. And they're currently trying to uh, get uh, former LSU backup Walker Howard on. But, I mean, you think about it. Now you're without a – you had the number seven quarterback in the nation. And he says, yeah, no, I'm going.
1: Now nobody else is going to go there because of what, of this right now. But but this is the I, – I, I've said this from the beginning.
0: What's going to happen when somebody doesn't get paid?
1: Yeah, because all it is is a handshake and a smile. It's not any kind of pen being put to paper. You know, And, and apparently, like, even the pen put to paper doesn't matter. Well, okay, if that's happened, then that shows you how faulty. Surely, by now, we should know how faulty it is. But this just verifies it. Because right now, you have a lot of players out there who are taking these NIL deals and it's not anything more than just a, we'll pay you this. It's not saying, it's, you're not seeing a contract. You're not seeing any kind of guidelines. And unless it's the ones who are signing with legit companies, that's like yeah. I, just like uh, the 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 uh, Vine kid who got who was a kid at the time, Popeyes kid. Oh yeah, got who, an nil? Deal. He got an nil nil deal from Popeyes, and he just went off to college. Yeah, and so that's a legit company. Uh, even Travis Hunter has nil deals with uh, with legit companies. But
0: where it's gotten out of hand is that the athletic departments have gotten involved in saying, we're going to pay you. Yeah.
1: Because you don't have the money to do it.
0: Yeah. How does this... I know. I might catch some heat, some hate. How does this affect Colorado who can't even pay their own coach? That, but, okay, so that... How long before that falls through? Yeah.
1: But that just... (laughs) That's why I said the... NCAA needs to get together before football season starts. The recruiting part has already started. You know, yeah. players have already started signing their letters you had of intent. Yeah, your early
0: signing period yeah. and all of that.
1: It's already started. But before the season or spring football even gets started, you need to hold a meeting or whatever needs to take place to set some guidelines and some rules for these players and for these coaches. Even the athletic boosters now, as we as we're seeing right now, the board. You have to set rules and guidelines because if you don't, don't stuff like this will continue to happen. And I'm not gonna say I hate it for the young man, but well, I do. I hate it for the kid because I said this:
0: you are taking advantage of 18, 19, 20 year old kids who have never seen that kind of money a day in their life. Yeah, but and who's this gonna is, turn that down?
1: Yeah, but this is you know on his. You're right. Who's gonna turn that down? But as well, I can't say, you know, I, I do feel bad, but I don't hate it for him because, you know, he could, he who knows whatever other options he's had. I mean, the other options probably weren't as good as Florida. Who knows? But it's the fact that, you know, you flew halfway or not even halfway, all the way from San Francisco to Florida. You flew across the country to a school who said that they will give you this. He put pen on paper. Said so they would give you this money, and then it fell through.
0: You know who's looking for a quarterback? Who? The goat.
1: Ah. Imagine that. Wait, wait. Is he? The, he's the number seven in the nation. In the nation, yeah. I'm who's seven. number one? Oh, uh, Arch Manning. Yeah. Uh, Texas already got him.
0: Yeah, he's gone. The number
1: but the imagine seven? that. I mean, you're Alabama, and
0: you're you you sit there, hey, forty. You don't want to pay? Okay, come on down, kid. Yeah. Let's go beat them by
1: fifty. <laughs> yeah, but. Come down here. That, that kid now ain't looking at like $13 million, How much will Alabama give if they give him anything? But see, that's the thing. Nobody; These kids aren't going to school or college anymore just to go to college and play.
0: Well, okay, but here's the react. They weren't going to co- – I mean, they were going to play and get drafted. Yeah. Like you had to slim them out that realized we're not going to get drafted, but I enjoy football and I'm going to go to class. The majority of your football team was there to play and get drafted. So it's, it, that part of it, that's where I kind of disagree with some people. They're saying, they're saying, well, that part of it is ruining the, the student-athlete. They were never student-athletes. That was what they told you to make you feel better about the fact that these kids were still enrolled in the same school that your kid is and you're going to pay $30,000 a year in tuition. That, it, 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 let's just be honest. Those kids don't go to class. They have people who go to class for them. They have people who help them with their homework. I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just telling you the reality of college football, or college athletes in general, I mean, baseball, yeah. basketball, whatever. If you're an athlete in college, that's, that's your life. Because it's a business. Yeah. Now, here's where the business part of it is getting ugly. Because for years, we separated the players from the business in the sense that they weren't a part of the contract negotiations. They weren't a part of the money coming in. They weren't a part of those conversations. They were only a part of the business in the sense of we're going to do whatever we got to do to get games played, get them on the field, that kind of thing. But but barring that, they weren't a part of the business. Now, it's Katie bar the door. We're going to bring you in on the negotiation side. We're going to bring you in on the money. We're going to bring you in on the contracts. Yeah. And that's the sad part. That's the sad reality well,
1: and, that we live in. You know, to... I, I, I sat beside, and when I was in college, I sat beside or sat with three uh, baseball players who were on the base, baseball team at the college I went to in a, a biology class I had to take. And they were cool. You know, they did the work. You know? Yeah. Um. But that was the least of their concerns. They were talking about baseball and where they were going next. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so they weren't talking about biology. Well, you were even at a
0: smaller, you were at a yeah. community college where they're coming in to go transfer to a bigger exactly. school. And and so
1: that's what they were. Even at that level, you're there for a specific Exactly. So that is They weren't there to get in and get out. Yeah. And so that's what they were talking about. And, you know, like I said, they were cool, uh, but they weren't, they did the work, but they weren't worried about that. You know, they had to go to class because like, like you said, that was a, I went to a community college. It was a smaller school, so they didn't have people to go to class for. Them. Now they may have had people on the outside do their work for them. Uh, but that's different, you know. That's on their own doing. Um, but other than that, man, they didn't care about that stuff. They were literally holding a conversation in class one day, talking about where they were going next and what school yeah. they were looking at. And so, and so that holds, you know, a, a lot you know, in place for the athletes in college is they're there to get in and get out, however which way they're going to do it. And um, with this NIL deal now, it kind of, it, it, it doesn't tie them down. It doesn't hold them there, but they're they're now welcome into a new world or not welcome, but brought into rather a new world. Like you said, now they're in talks with the contracts and it's like the NFL before the NFL, but it's ruining it for them.
0: Yeah, it's ruining college football. Yeah, and it's ruining—I mean, just the experience of, of trying to get on your feet. Yeah, you know, because for years we said, "Okay, well, that's their area to mature, so that when they get to the NFL, they're not as starstruck, they're not as whatever." You know, they they can work on themselves. Now they're right in it. Yeah, you know, the things that we said could well, affect them.
1: Now let's kind of look at a, a, a different light, a more positive light on on this. Not with the NIL deal, but with the money part, because um, we know players that have went to the NFL and seen all these millions and blew, you know, ran through it and went broke, right? Yeah. So this, if this now this could happen in college, they they get paid all these millions of dollars and they run through it. But the parents are more involved
0: still, for the most part, and I think that's where it could help them. Yeah. Because now you can have a dad, you're going to have a conversation with your dad. Hey, let's go hire this guy to help us manage this money. Yeah. And, and to do things, you know, to set yourself up for yeah. success.
1: Yeah. But majority of these kids probably won't have that. Uh, and they could run through these, this money and it could be a learning thing for them. You know? Okay. I know I'm going to the NFL. That's the plan. That's the goal. I know that's going to happen. Uh, I've had all this money and I don't have I have little to none of it now so when I get to the NFL and I get my first contract I'm gonna hire a manager uh, uh, someone to help me manage my money um, a good agent yeah and go from there it's, it could it could very well be a stepping stone for these athletes uh, in college who don't know anything about money management or anything because it's not like they teach it in school anymore. No. For the major- for the most part, not even at least. in college. Yeah. Uh for the most part. And so you that you may look at it as being a stepping stone for them. Um I I could see that happening. But you're right. You some of them may have, you know, hey dad, you know, let's go uh I want to ma- someone to help me manage my money here so I won't be stupid with it. And then that will carry over. Yes. You know, that's kind of, because
0: that can happen to anybody. Shaquille O'Neal, you know, famously spent his entire signing bonus in a day. Yeah. He talks about he went and bought everybody a vehicle and a hat, you know, like all this stuff. He spent
1: all that in a day. Yeah. And so, and now, you know, with his kids, his his relationship with his kids is different regarding money. Yeah. Uh, You know, he told his sons, you know, or his kids, you know, in order to get money from me, you had to show me a college degree. You had to go get yeah. a college degree, you know. That's the only way they're going to get they're going to get money from him. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't just hand them money. But I'm not saying he doesn't buy them things. But, but they
0: don't have access to all of his wealth. Yeah. So, until, but, uh, you know, the, you get is it one or two degrees at once? It's, it's one. It's Just one, one degree. One. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I. But but yeah, I, I thought this was kind of the first domino effect. I I I agree with you. You know, your little genius illustration there. I think, let's see what happens to the rest of the tower mm-hmm. and how long it takes for some of these programs This now. It's
1: wobbly. This right here wobbles it heavily.
0: Very much so. Because you're talking about Florida, an SEC school, yeah. you know, all, all of those things. Uh, and you're talking about one of the top recruits in the country. Yeah. Saying, I'm out.
1: <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all it takes. So... I think it puts everybody on notice. Uh these agencies or whoever they are, it puts them on notice. Uh uh, let's tighten up. <laughs> yeah. In the NCAA, let's tighten up. Because if you don't, it's it can come crashing down and it's gonna leave you with a big old mess to clean up. So Well a lot
0: of, of questions will be have to be answered. They're gonna yeah. be out there, you know, that we where you're having to say, uh, yeah, we messed up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She well, policed it. Yeah. But better. And just think it. about John uh Jim Harbaugh chose to stay in this. After this, if it gets any worse, he's I mean, it depends on how he's handling. It. Well, the inve- investigation with him. But there okay, that's
0: interesting to me. When we're on that, that's interesting to me because what have we not talked about?
1: That we haven't talked about that in like three two, three days.
0: That's interesting to me.
1: Now that he's decided to stay? Well,
0: yeah, that we didn't hear about, and then all of a sudden he's staying, and now it's not even a conversation. And three days ago, you know, there were reports out there that said, hey, listen, they're not even going to extend his contract or anything until that's cleared up. We haven't heard a peep out of the NCAA about that investigation, and Michigan's already said, we're giving you a contract extension, and we're going to pay you more so that your buyout's larger.
1: Yeah, that's weird, it's like,
0: yeah. it, it, it. You get the sense, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah. But you get the feeling that there was a phone call between Santa Ono and, you know, the NCAA that said, hey, listen, this isn't good for college football. Yeah. Like, we can't lose Jim Harbaugh to the NFL. We want to keep him here. We've got to keep, you know, i got to keep my boosters happy. If I keep my boosters happy and we keep winning and we're still in the playoffs and we're still relevant, that helps college football. You know, when Michigan's good, mm-hmm. why would you ruin that? Why would you do something to push him out? The, like, you, I, no inside information on this, you know, or anything like that. Hope it all comes out. And I think it will. But you just get the feeling that there was some sort of a conversation there.
1: Yeah, I do. That's why I was saying. Somebody had their uh, hands in the pot because, uh, like you say, we ain't heard nothing about that. It was there, then it went away. But well, I called out the hypocrisy from day one. Well, yeah. How, how do you penalize a guy for that? Yeah. But <laughs> that's why I say guidelines, rules, and regulations. You have to have them because there's nobody seems like they have an understanding well, the, of what the heck okay. is going on.
0: Let's say that... that- NCAA still going to get Michigan, right? Let's say that they pop them for some sort of infraction. How do you not pop Florida? How is this
1: not some sort of recruitment violation? Yeah. Because you don't have all your ducks in a row. And... Now you're promising
0: years. money and now not that,
1: honoring the promise. Yeah, that you don't have. And if that happens... Okay.
0: Now you're about to get sued. <laughs> like, but, but, it's a okay. lawsuit. Okay, here's the other domino effect of this. Let's say you know you go after Michigan, you pop them for wherever they did. Supposedly it's over a burger that he bought at a restaurant, whatever. Let's say you pop him, and then they you know they put pressure on you, so you got to go after Florida. Mm-hmm. Let's say you go after Florida. How long before you go after Colorado? Because not only are they bringing in players that they can't afford, they've hired a the whole, whole coach,
1: coach and staff that they can't afford. That they've
0: said we can't pay this man
1: but we're going to see how it works out and then maybe we can pay him.
0: And hope for the best. Yeah. How is that going to Like, it, it, if, if if we're going to start nitpicking this situation, those things have to be concerned violations. Yeah. Like, there's no way.
1: It, it, like I said, it'd be a big old mess. It's a big old mess. If this tower tumbles, and it crashes. It's a big old mess that you have to you have to clean up, and and.
0: <laughs> and you know who's sitting though
1: In the background, going, I told y'all. Nick Saban. He said, "I tried to warn you." Yep. I told you. We laughed at it. We had a good, la- well, we had a good laugh at Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Jimbo's reaction. <to laughs> yeah, Jimbo's reaction. But we 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 looked at that, and we, when we when it first came out last summer, yeah, we uh we listened to that, and we were like, man. Because it. that was at the beginning of it. Yeah. You know, not a lot was happening. Travis Hunter had just committed to uh, Jackson State. Yeah. And so not a lot was happening in it, but then. That's what got the ball rolling. Yeah. When Travis Hunter did that,
0: it kind of opened up the floodgates yeah. of critique.
1: Right. And so when Nick Saban went on, into uh, that press conference and said what he said, and then Jimbo and then Dion and Lane Kiffin, who trolled the whole thing, uh, followed suit, you know. Yep. That's what that's what blew this whole nil deal thing out the water. Like, uh, Jimbo getting upset. Jimbo almost spilt the beans on everybody. Uh, he got he almost got way too emotional and spilt the beans on everybody. Look at his pants. <laughs> I'm not my player. But see, that's a the Nick had just said his you know his two cents about it, and. And I know, think was we going got about. so
0: caught up in the reactions that we didn't really pay attention to what was being said. Right. But now you go back and you listen, and you go, "Man, he
1: said it. He told it. He told everybody." And what what threw that off wasn't only Jimbo's uh, reaction to it, but Dion's reaction as well, because Dion was, you know, he was calm, cool, collected, but Dion wanted a, wanted an apology. You know, he wasn't gonna. He but wasn't gonna like, move. What a great he PR
0: move from Dick, by
1: Dion. Like, yeah. what
0: better way to enter into the national conversation than to get after Nick Saban a little yeah.
1: bit? See, I wanted. I want He wanted a, a national, a public an apology, yeah, which he didn't get. Yeah, he never got it, but I, I'm, I'm sure he got it. But it wasn't public. And I don't. I don't. I don't see Nick Saban as that type of guy to bow down. You know, no, he, that he's, ain't a, he's a guy with integrity. He's gonna come to you, man. The man, yeah. But Deion's got to go kiss the ring. He yeah, wants to well, sit at
0: yeah. the table. Go kiss the
1: ring. Yeah, Actually, so, the six, you friends, know. But. And 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 Jimbo simmered down, you know. A he little simmered, bit, uh, yeah. A little bit For now, yeah. What
0: yeah. happens now? Does he
1: <laughs> does he start yelling at Florida? <laughs> <laughs> well you know that guy. Well, you know, and then like I said, the reactions is what took it away from everything that Nick had said, uh, and then Lane keeping it going on Twitter. Lane Kiffin, and so (laughs) you have those reactions. Everybody's laughing, and he hard about that. (laughs) Nick's over there, like I'm telling the truth. Lane Kiffin laughed hysterically
0: yesterday when all or last night when all (laughs) this. You can't tell me that he didn't laugh out loud. He
1: probably called Nick and said, "You said it, man. (laughs) (laughs) You said it." Because (laughs) I mean, we tried to tell these guys. Yep, and so Lane was Lane was one of the main ones who was offended. uh when Travis Travis went to uh, Jackson State because he was top he was the uh, top school. Ole Miss was the top school for yeah. uh, for him to go to. Yeah, and then. Jackson State?
0: <laughs> yeah. So they're all laughing. Yep. Mike Leach, may rest in peace, is in heaven looking at him. Oh, I told you. Because he yep. said the same thing. <laughs> Gotta implement <a> draft. <laughs> Gotta get agents. Yep. Or or maybe look at this kid going, well you, you go sit under a shade tree with your fat girlfriend.
1: Only from San Francisco. They don't have fat girlfriends <laughs> there. They're liberal. That's true. <laughs> so, wow. Just said, <laughs> said that on the show. But, um... But no, no, I mean, gosh, I should have said that. But to get the show back
0: on the track,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Speaking of San Francisco, Cowboys play the 49ers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Great transition,
0: segue. Uh, Cowboys gearing up for the 49ers. So there was support for Brett Maher or Maher or Maher. Maher Mayer or what, yeah, Maher, yeah. whatever his name is. Maher. That kicker who can't kick a extra point. Uh, but but a lot of support for him, you know, in the post game. Well, then Jerry... Of course. Jerry. Jerry gets on there. Well, you know, we're going to evaluate the situation this week. <laughs> uh, so, so Jerry... Has Jerry's always <laughs> evaluating the situation. Don't do Jeff. J- this... Jerry has, is on radio show 105.3 <laughs> or whatever the fan in Dallas. Okay, and, and by the way, if any of your reps are listening to this 105.3, please reach out to us because I want to know... Why you let Jerry on every morning? Uh, do y'all
1: write a show for him? No. Say this stuff. It, it,
0: he brings in his own stuff. I'll tell you this.
1: i tell you this. Because everybody, Mike McCarthy has something to positive say about it. Dak even you know, came back and said, you know, I had a crap game the week before. You know, 15 I'm, of the moment. Whatever. Yeah, I'll, he'll be perfect but, the next game. And
0: then Jerry comes out yesterday morning and he goes, well, we're going to evaluate the situation. Yeah. Why, Jerry? Well, here's my question. That may be true. Maybe you are going to evaluate this week. Yeah, it's a short week, so you better get Do to evaluate work. pretty yeah. quick.
1: But not only that, who are you getting? Like at this
0: point in the Kyle,
1: year, uh, the, no, what did Kyle Forbath go? Remember they 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 uh they signed him, and then for like the go. last few games in the 2018-2019 uh, season, let's see, Kyle Forbath
0: is that? How'd you pronounce? Uh, was it for? Yeah, there he is. Um, where is he? Uh, he's retired. He's out of the league. I thought so. Yeah, ah,
1: they retired it. They they hired him and brought him or signed him and brought him on for like the that last year, yeah, couple of games, and he did. He went. He didn't miss any, you know. Yep. And then that was it. It's like what happened to him. And then you look for you. You get Greg the leg back, and he craps the games. Do you call it? I, I'm jokingly said, call Ad, uh, Adam. Vinatieri. But you know, Cowboys drafted the kicker. You know what they do? Did to him? They got rid of. him. But you know why? You know, not just that. They made him kick field goals without a goal post. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. What kind of stuff is that? <laughs> and I then you release that. him. Yeah. You drafted a kicker, and he's still out there. And he you made kick, kick field goals without a <laughs> goal posts. Okay. We're, That's insane. Gone. That's insane. Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> what are you learning from is that? Like, real? how
0: do you evaluate a guy after that? <laughs> but they're getting up for the 49ers, so you got Jerry saying, we're, we're going to evaluate Maher. Uh, you know, a, a takeaway, another takeaway I took from, you know, we had Elwin on yesterday, Elwin yeah. Henderson, our Cowboys insider and Texans insider, uh, he had a lot of great information for us, is that there's no sense of worry about the Cowboys. They don't care.
1: Yeah.
0: Bring it on. Well, want I want San Fran.
1: I, I say this. Uh, and, well, and,
0: and, and granted, uh, DraftKings only has, uh, San Fran at minus three and a half.
1: Yeah. Because they're expecting and I said this the uh uh yesterday is when um after the show the the only thing Dallas has to look look uh has to you know take a look at and to keep up with is that on that uh left side with Trent Williams. Yeah because they favor that left side a whole lot. They do. Uh especially with Kristen McCaffrey. Yeah and Trent Williams out there motioning. You just have to watch that. You have to be. You have to play that smart. But San Francisco is the most explosive. Is the most explosive team in the NFL right now. And no matter who the quarterback yeah, is, and, and Dallas looked up and got him in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, so this this will be a a. It's not the same San Francisco that they had last year, because you added a you added a running back like Chris Christian McCaffrey. Uh, To your offense. And it took a lot of pressure off of Debo Samuel. um, Because last year they used him a lot in the run game. And they were just getting that started then. Um, You are going to have Jason Hurst and Michael Parsons gave updates on
0: their status. Uh, Jason Kerr says, uh, it's feeling alright. I'll be good. It's feeling alright. It'll be alright. Parsons says, I'm feeling good. I'm excited for the matchup.
1: Yeah. J Ron Curse. He said Jason Curse. Yeah, J Ron
0: Curse. I'm um sure. yeah.
1: but yeah, the looking at the replay, it was Micah hit his shin. Yeah. It was a shin uh It the, the only thing that was kind of
0: disturbing was the way he just kinda of limped off yeah. the field, you know. Yeah. And, and you and you wondered, okay, is there more to it than what the, you see?
1: It was he came back and played phenomenal uh the the second half of that game. Uh so even had a sack and, and yeah. more uh, pressures, but you 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 know you look at that and you that defense has to be they have to play smart. I I believe that uh, Dan Quinn would dial up you know some plays uh, to stop that because they're very run heavy, but they don't run a lot uh, out of the backfield. They're more of a scheme type of offense rather than it is. Just, you know, run downhill. It's, a,
0: it's not downhill, and, and a lot of that comes from Debo Samuel. You know that, that he's so athletic, he he's got the power to go downhill, but he's so athletic on the perimeter uh, that you know they don't really want to just keep him between the tackles. They want to see what he can do out in space. I think a lot of it has to do with Brock Purdy's ability to get it out there, yeah, uh, and, and to do a, a few different things. You know, and, and and to me, that's what's so dangerous about San Francisco. And I know I joke about it. Well, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, but that shows you how dangerous that offense is. Yeah, that you can literally well, plug and play anybody you want to outside of Trey Lance, evidently. Well, at quarterback, yeah. and still win games.
1: Well, and here's the thing: they're even more explosive than they were now than they were when they had Jimmy Garoppolo. I and mean, here's why: it's because Brock Purdy's young and he can run.
0: Yeah. He opens up a different dimension. Yes.
1: And, And so that offense is moving even faster than what it did when, uh, Jimmy G was there, uh, was, uh, quarterback. Uh, and so I see Brock Purdy being the quarterback moving forward. I don't know what they'll do with Trey Lance. Uh, if he can't come back and he can't have that same energy, that offense. Yeah. Brock Purdy's your guy, but Dallas, uh, on the other hand, that defense, their linebackers are going to play tight. Uh, because you're gonna have to, you're gonna want to put spies on Purdy because he will take off running. And like I said, they favor that left side heavily because of Trent Williams. And I think, uh, I and mean, this is what my brother even mentioned yesterday, is how you change that because you don't, you could put Michael Parsons against a uh, uh, Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. Trent is so well adapted and just into this game now that. It would be it would look good for just to be able to see it, but you want somebody who's experienced on that side. So you switch Micah to the right and you move Demarcus Lawrence to the left to handle some vet on vet.
0: Yeah, it's, I even dropped Micah back in co- the him in coverage in, their, uh, yeah. in a well, regular linebacker position because you know it, it worked against Tampa Bay because that offensive line was just so bad. They yeah. they had no answer for Micah Parsons. But San Francisco's got a darn good offensive line. Yeah.
1: And so, I, I agree. With, I've been saying it for the last uh, four or five weeks now. Yeah. Drop him back in middle linebacker. And they did uh, Monday. Yeah. Uh, for a few plays. It, and he it got worked. some looks. Yeah. You know, there, but, but I think you have to do that consistently against San yeah. Francisco.
0: Because he's not no. going to be able to just blow up every no.
1: play. Well, you're playing a totally different offense. So, they knew coming into the game Monday that... Tampa Bay was going to throw. They're going to yeah, throw a lot. That's the ball all they can lot. do. They're not running the field. And so they deal. they ran the they ran the defense that threw a lot. Now you're coming into an offense that's going to run, and they may throw, but it's not going to be those deep passes, you no. know. Um, but they're going to throw. And so, interesting thing that they did uh, against Tampa was you've seen Leighton Vanderess drop back in a deep coverage. Mm-hmm. I I thought for it's almost like a safety look. Yeah. Uh, which was interesting because I, I hadn't seen him do that all season. But I think. And, and a guy of his size. You yeah. normally don't drop a guy like him as
0: deep as they did. No. But I thought it worked.
1: Well, and believe it or not, see, Leighton Vanderich doesn't get noticed or complimented on this, but he has speed. He does. He can yeah. cover sideline to sideline. That was one of the things that, you know, I noticed when he came in as a rookie was his speed and how he can move sideline to sideline in coverage to keep up with, you know, the tight ends. Uh, but Micah, who runs a 4-4, you know, is just as fast. It's faster, matter of fact. And, yeah, you drop, you could drop him back in coverage, but you could also shoot the gaps with him. I would switch it up, and I'd shoot and I'd drop him in coverage instead of Anthony Barr, and I'd, I'd shoot the gaps with Anthony Barr and, and, and go from there. And, but you got to keep that spy on Brock Purdy. And you got to get that pressure up front. And I think uh, there were some inactives last week. But I don't think they, it was injury. I think it was, you know, some guys didn't play based on scheme. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one of the main ones, uh, you had Hankins come back. But uh, Neville Gallimore didn't play. He was inactive. I don't think he was hurt. No, he wasn't on the injury yeah. report. No. He was just inactive. So I think they bring Neville Gal. Gall- Since this is going to be a run heavy offense, you bring Neville Gallimore back and then Quentin Bohanna. Uh, you bring the you you beef up that front so they can't go and you 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 contain that left side because, like I said, they favor it a lot and you keep it to where they have no choice but to go to the right. Yeah, and you have somebody there waiting on them.
0: Yeah, you've you got to make them as one dimensional as you can. Yeah, run game and. If you're the Cowboys secondary, do not get caught up in the, the eye candy. Yeah. Because if you do, he, he'll torture you with his arm. I mean, Rob Purdy's got a good arm. Yeah. And he'll torture you. And especially, and we, you know, uh, Ellen mentioned it on the show yesterday. If you're the Cowboys, you have got to coach
1: Trayvon Diggs up on quit playing the ball and play, play your man. man. Yes. And that's going to be vital against, uh, for that defense, is that he plays his man. I think if he plays his man, then the interceptions will come. Yeah. But he, he's so focused on getting the ball that he forgets where his man is. Yeah. You know, play your man. Be that cornerback. If you're San
0: Francisco trying to win the game, you know, from, from their perspective, you got to keep doing what you're doing on offense. You don't yeah. really make a whole lot of changes there. Defensively, after watching the way that Tampa Bay handled some things, you've got to make sure – that you can contain Dak Prescott because it does appear that he's willing to move some. We haven't really seen that, but yeah. all of a sudden he's willing to move. Uh, you know, you, you've got to play tight on those receivers because we saw you know instances where Tampa's there, but they're not playing it tight. Yeah. And, and you know, Dak was able well, to
1: uh, put it on. Them. Interesting thing is, it's not that they weren't playing tight; they were doing all they could. But for whatever reason, that's QBR uh, rating went up, and his QB IQ did as well because he was reading defenses before they were even, ever getting set in it. Yeah. And so what happened was, uh interesting play I seen the other day that they broke down, is the play that they had, he threw the to Michael Gallup, is that the corner was going to blitz. Michael was within the numbers. He was inside the numbers. Mm-hmm. Dak saw it. The corner was going blitz, to blitz. He knew it was a corner that was going to blitz, and it was one of the two linebackers that were going to blitz. So what he did was he called an audible, moved Michael outside the numbers, and the corner had to move outside. Cause yeah. and he was like, I can't cover and He wasn't gonna get there, and so he looked back at the safety, and the safety did this to let like I'm gonna blitz. Yeah. But even then, he had to come from what the guy said Egypt. He had a long way to come from, and so that also
0: opens unfamiliar field. Exactly, you can move the safety as a quarterback, and uh, you're, you've got you know now. Even if I don't get my read right, yeah. So 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 even if I have got my main route, right. Then I've got what they call a hot, yeah. And if I if if I move the safety, yeah, I'm still looking at my my guy. You know, I yeah. want that because that's my home run play. But now I know I've got a hot in the middle of the field. Maybe that's your tight end. Maybe it's your running back down the seam. Whatever it may be, you know that the hot's there. Yeah. And so you just gotta check down into that. Yeah. And of course, you know. Uh, you you so, shift the defense yeah, around, the and
1: play. so that's that's exactly what he he manipulated that defense, and he he got a window, and when that happened, the uh, safety did blitz, the linebacker blitz, but it was a linebacker that was still back in coverage, yeah. and he had a window, short amount of time to get that ball out, and he did, and he got a threw it to Gallup for that first down, and um, so like I said, Dak's uh, QB, uh, his QB IQ is it went up last game. I, but if he's able to do that with San Francisco, I think that's what they watch out for. Now, of course, I'm a, I'm a Dallas fan. I want them to win. But you're playing a different defense. You're playing a better defense.
0: A much better defense. Yeah, yeah
1: and and so... A
0: better defensive front. Yeah. I mean, they're going
1: to get after it. Yeah, so you have to play smarter, but you also have to play more aggressively. And and that I think that's where Dallas, you know, of course you want to implement the run more. And get that yeah, they, going. They've got to have a run game. Yeah, uh,
0: because I and mean, you got you saw it in spurts against Tampa Bay. They just really didn't have to do it much. Yeah, but but against uh, San Francisco, you've got to have that in your back pocket. Yeah, you you, you can't you, ask Dak to carry a heavy load.
1: Yeah, you you have to uh, get that going. And I say it again. I said it last week. You know, you have to give them different looks. If if, if Zeke. He he got it going at one point during the game, uh, Monday. But use your other running back, you know, use Malik Davis, you know, because they don't know how he runs. And he's a good run. He's a good downhill runner, you can get in space and run. Um, but you also want to use Tony Pollard. I think they use Tony Pollard uh a little bit more on the uh the play action plays mm-hmm. rather uh than, you know, from out of the backfield. I would use him out of the play action rather than the backfield, but you yeah. get a better you get a better uh, a look for him out of the you know in the play action. But if you were to use him out of the backfield, I say you do what you like you well. You don't want to run the same thing because they're going to be waiting on that. But you could use you know the same setup that you used uh, Monday against um, Tampa when you had. McGovern and McCune in the backfield, you know, for extra yeah, blocking. Yeah, your full house set. Yeah, and so you you use that into because, like I said, you could either run out run a run play or a pass play out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you use that, but you can kind of get fancy with it, you know. But for Dallas, as I've always said, play your game, move at your own pace. That was one thing that how they on how they beat uh Tampa is that they played at their own pace.
0: Yeah, they made Tampa. Try and match them, and yeah. they couldn't do it. And I think that that's you know, if you're San Francisco, you're going to try and disrupt that. You're, yeah. You're you're going to make them play your pace. Yeah, because uh, because San Francisco has that same type of mentality on offense that we're going to round and pound you. And we're going to take been, it to you.
1: This is what makes it a a, a good matchup. You know, is well, looking forward to it being a good matchup actually. And, and I think
0: you can't, you know, you got to throw last year out. These, these yeah, are two different teams, different way, thought processes, way different. Uh, you know, a, a different approach. And I think that that's why you see, you know, even though it's in San Francisco, early lines only have them by three and a half.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, with crowd energy and everything, you have a lot of Dallas fans in San Francisco, though. That's true. Last time Dallas played there in San Francisco, they said it was like a home game. Yeah. You have a lot of Dallas fans out on the West Coast. Um, but, you know, it's that's going to be an interesting game, you know. The NFC East is kind of is dominant. You you're gonna have the Eagles and uh, Philly coming, uh, coming up against each other. And and speaking of that game, uh, Jalen Hurts his shoulder is
0: healthy enough to play, but still questionable. Because he, he was asked about it yesterday, and he said, "Listen, I know that there's a bounty on my shoulder." So it, it's one of those
1: situations where one good lick and oof and he's in trouble. Have you seen now? I I've seen this, and I know. Well, no, it wasn't quarterback. It was a tight end. Uh, Thibodeau, Mm -hmm. that guy's a beast. Oh, yeah. And he's fast. I've seen him chase down. It's a tight end. Tight ends aren't the fastest in the NFL. But for a defensive lineman to move the way he did and the amount of time that he did, it's fast. So you you let him, Thibodeau, go. Yeah. And he has to chase down Jalen Hurts, and he gets a good hit on him. That shoulder... Well, what hurts uh, his oh, exact quote?
0: It's football. I've got a bounty on me every week. I go out there on the field, so I'm going to go out there and just play my game, and whatever happens, happens. But See,
1: he, that's a very tender shoulder. Yeah, you know, a, a situation. His response to that lets you know that it's not even. It may be seventy to eighty percent. Well, you watch some of his throws, and you
0: get this. I mean, now he has had a week off. Yeah. But you watch some of his throws from a couple of weeks ago, and that's not the same Jalen Hurts. No, uh, that we we're accustomed to seeing. And that you know, does that make him one, more one dimensional? D- does he you know, do you have less design runs for him? You know, just to try and avoid you know hits out in, in the open field. You know, I I think that that's interesting because yes, they're currently picked at uh, you know minus seven and a half. They're giving the Giants seven and a half points in Vegas. But I think that game's a lot closer than the line's currently showing just because you've got a hungry New York Giants team who's coming off beating Minnesota,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, fraudulent though they may be, or a top seed, and then you've got a, a hurt Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah. Well, and also, last time they played field, uh, they played Philly, they almost beat them. It was only 22-16. to Without their starters. Yeah, without their starters. Yeah. Only 22-16. to 16. So, you're playing with a full... Uh, New York team now. You know, the starters, your, your quarterbacks in, your running backs in, your receivers, everybody's going to be. Danny Dimes. Yeah, he's they're going to be out there. <laughs> Saquon. And so, that's one to watch because Saquon took it to the Vikings.
0: Speaking of Saquon, he, he had a comment the other day that he views Daniel Jones as an elite quarterback. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting because coming into this year, nobody would have said
1: that. Well, you're right, but we talked about this yesterday. The difference is Jason Garrett. Yeah. You didn't get to see that out of Danny uh, Daniel Jones uh, last year. You get to see it now because, like they said, he out of the rushing quarterbacks and how much they've rushed throughout the season, he's third, you know, in mm-hmm. rushing yards for quarterbacks. And so, you that ball has figured out how to get him going, and it makes him look elite for his own play style.
0: Yeah, it's a quote. Uh, After the game, per ESPN's Jordan Reynon was, I know we have an elite quarterback. He's shown that multiple times.
1: Yeah. Well, I think when we talk about elite, we're thinking about the quarterbacks that can air it out, you know, just. But you look at it, man. If you can do the best at what you do, if you do what you do and do it to the best of your ability, I don't see why that wouldn't qualify you as being elite.
0: Well, if you can be the guy that your teammates say, as long as he's got the ball in his hands, we believe we've got a chance to win the ball game. Yeah. You're an elite quarterback.
1: Yeah. Well, he did that against Minnesota. Yeah. And he picked Minnesota apart. And, and not even just down the field. I'm talking about across the field, sideline to sideline. And, line, he's and I think them apart. he gets a
0: bad rap, too, from, from us and the media and, and others, you know, and people that are just fans, because you don't want to believe that the Giants are good again. Yeah. Like, like, there's a large part of the country that wants to say, oh, this is just a luck thing.
1: Well, it's bad for the NFC East when the Giants are good. Yeah. So, because they're one of those teams that once they get going, they get going. And yeah. we, we've seen it before, uh, it, it, you know, when they had Eli Manning. Dak, um, that and Dak's uh, rookie year, I'm going to freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> But Dak's rookie year when they they beat the Cowboys twice, you know. Yeah. Uh, when they get going, they get going, and so that's why it, it looks dangerous right now for the Eagles. Um, because I mean that they're feels on the like road. a trap game because everybody's gonna
0: take you know Philly because right down the line since it minus seven and a half but that feels like a trap game. Yeah, that that feels like that game that. You're gonna watch and go. Oh, whoa! The Giants yeah. were serious; like they weren't just yeah. messing
1: around. Well, and I kind of get the gut feeling it's gonna. It's with this happening, with the NFC being NFC East being heavy in the playoffs right now. It's like that with both NFC game NFC games. You don't know what's gonna because we could watch that game and it could be like San Francisco. Oh, well, we thought Dallas would play. You know, we thought Dallas would have a you know somewhat of a a chance, or it could be uh, Dallas comes out and does the same thing to Tampa Bay that they did Tampa Bay that they to San Francisco.
0: I want to see if Dallas now now here's going to be the difference. Dallas can't come out flat on offense.
1: No, you can't do that. You got to move. You got to move. You know, you got to at your pace, but you got to move the ball consistently. You know, Uh, coming out like you did against Tampa Bay against San Francisco. Probably won't work in your favor the same way.
0: But, if they can come out and punch San Francisco in the mouth,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I want to see how San Francisco is going to react to that. Right. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that that's a kind of a toss-up because if, if it comes out and you know, San Francisco blows out Dallas, the the headline's going to be, well, we thought the Cowboys were for real. Yeah. If Dallas comes out and punches them in the mouth and gets after it, all of a sudden they probably become the heavy favorites in the NFC. Yeah. I think another reason, though, with the Giants that we're not giving them enough credit is that everybody viewed Minnesota as fraudulent. Right. Which they were, so I think you don't get enough credit, but that's still a win on the road for a relatively, you know... Unknown team in New York. I mean, yeah. yes, you have Dan- Danny Dimes and yes, you have Saquon Bar- uh, Barkley, but outside of that, it's not a heavy hitting football team. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in the second round of the playoffs,
1: yeah. like the divisional round. Well, it, <laughs> these both teams won on the road. You yeah, know, big games on the road, and so that that's why it looks dangerous. Like, cause even though it was Minnesota, you never expect the Giants to beat them. No. You know, but they did. And so that's why it looks the way that it looks. Uh, it's because we call Minnesota fraudulent, and they are, were. Um, Still are. Yeah, but. Still a fraud. We called them that. But Giants were the, were the low seed uh, in the NFC yeah. East. And so they came in, you're looking at, okay, they're going to blow them out. Mm hmm. You know, they're going to take it to them and blow them out. But the Giants are resilient. They're very resilient. They are battle-tested to the point. They're the most battle-tested team in the NFC East uh, because they haven't been that good in, in years past. Yeah. Uh, they lost players to injuries and uh, free agency, and, and they've been up you know on the battlefield for a, a while now. And so, they're the most battle-tested uh, team in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Dallas coming in at a second, you know. Yeah. Um, well, and Philly as well. They're battle-tested. The NFC East as a whole is battle-tested. and it's yeah, only, they've been beating up on each other yeah, all season. It's a matter of time until the commanders kick in, too. Now, that's what make now. It may take a minute. They still need a quarterback.
0: And they, they're, I I mean, they're going to hold on to Ron Rivera. I think that's a mistake. Yeah. Like, you don't get the sense with that situation that they're going to be contenders anytime soon. No. Because after the comment he made about Carson Wentz, who wants to play quarterback for that guy? Because he doesn't even stand up for his quarterback.
1: He didn't do it in uh Carolina for That's what I'm saying. Time. I mean yeah. like
0: you're gonna look at that and go, Why why threw, would I wanna play? He for him?
1: threw that whole team under the bus after that Super Bowl run.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like, so
1: like they were trash. Yeah, so I'm like, Man. I, 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 like he never takes responsibility. Yeah. But that's why it surprised me that he got that job in the first place. I think they were just desperate to get him.
0: Yeah, they they needed a, you know, kind of a calming presence and, yeah. and Ron Rivera in the past has kind of brought that. But, yeah, I think that you're a little ways off from single Washington. But I do think those top three teams, the Cowboys, Philadelphia, uh, New York, I think they're here to stay. Yeah. Now, you know, the big thing would be, let's say Jalen Hurts takes a big hit, you know, this weekend, and he's out. I think that changes the complexion a little bit. But the Giants just feel like a team... That have actually figured out a way to win football games, and that they're not—it's not going to be a one-season wonder.
1: I I I see that game being uh, being very close. It may come down to a wire, it may be a field goal kick, but I see them being—I see it being a very close game, maybe by a few points to a touchdown. Yeah, I
0: mean right now it's a touchdown game. No, but I I think the key to that is. How much are we gonna see Jalen Hurts move? Oh, whew. I mean, like how, how willing <laughs> well, are they? That's what I want to know. How willing are they to to take a chance? They may actually they may runs?
1: actually run a little bit more because here's the thing: if his shoulder isn't a hundred percent, it's not really fully healed up. He can't throw that much, uh, and who knows if he can still if he can throw a deep ball? Yeah, I think you're gonna shorten up the routes. So I don't yeah. think it's gonna be as wide open as we've seen. But if you're New York, you look at that and then probably probably adjust your defense to where you know it accommodates that. But yeah, I think you're going
0: to have to make you're going to have to come out in the same set that you always do and just test it. Yeah, and you know, see what they're willing to do. Well, and, but I think we're going to know within the first possession or so how healthy that shoulder really is. Yeah, because if you're Philadelphia, if you're Nick Sirianni, you've got to test that pretty early, and you got to figure out okay, what are we going to have to do. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't afford to tip your hand to New York. You can't. If you come out there and, and, and the first three plays, you do nothing but run downhill and that's not your game, that tells everybody they don't think he's very healthy. Yeah. Like they have, they have questions about that shoulder. If you come out and the first thing you do is run a design quarterback keeper. That tells, you know, then it's a, a guessing game, okay, is it just not healthy and they don't care, or is he healthy? You know, and, and now you, you've you got to kind of scramble on defense and, and say, okay, this is our next move. So I think it's going to be early on in that football game where we're going to get some answers about how healthy is he really mm-hmm. because it's kind of been a mum thing. You know, yes, he came out and said, you know, I know there's a bounty on me because of it, but nobody's really talking about exactly how healthy I mean, the closest we've gotten from Sirianni, as far as that shoulder's concerned, he said, I'm glad we had a week off. Mm-hmm. That's all he said. It wasn't, but that hey, doesn't... this is what we're seeing, or yeah. this is what we've evaluated. It's just, I'm glad we had a... Well, what does that mean?
1: Yeah, Why? because... Well, and that doesn't necessarily give me the notion that, uh, you know, a sense that it's okay. Yeah, it's I don't like... think it's... A, it's certainly not 100%, but can...
0: If you're Philadelphia, can you win with him at 80%? And even if you win this weekend, what does that look like for the next two weeks? I mean, I, I just think that that's really interesting. The timing of that injury could not have been worse if you're Philadelphia. Yeah. Because you don't really have time to kind of... Yes, you've had this week off to rest him and maybe think about some things that you might want to do. But in the long run, you
1: don't have time. To figure out what your identity would no, be me, like
0: if he's not your star, right?
1: Because, like you said, one good hit and that's that could be it. Or if you could, if he's continually, continually using that shoulder, even just getting tackled, that's still putting pressure, or just pressured, uh, or hit. That's putting some pressure on that shoulder, and think another week you have to rest it. You know, then another week comes, and you know, so it, yeah, it's it's a bad time for Philly. In and in, in a sense that, you know, like you said, they don't have time to keep wondering, okay, or playing the guessing game or what they're going to do this week or in the next week and the next week, you know, but in the long run, man, like I said, you, <laughs> Philly, Philly without Jalen Hurts at hundred percent, we've we seen what it looks like, uh, the last regular season game against the Giants and. They could barely get going. They got a win, but barely. Uh, against, it, it wasn't a confident win. No, it especially
0: was- everybody knowing that that New York wasn't going to help Dallas out by playing yeah. you know, all their
1: starters. Um, but the, the the only team that, but these games in the NFC put you on edge. Uh, but the AFC, on the other hand, uh, probably just as bad. I mean. Neither one of those teams won by a lot. and You kind of got to look out for uh, Jacksonville, you know, because they're on the roll. Yeah, I want
0: to break him down a little more later in the week, closer yeah. to the weekend. Um,
1: But it, it's, it's sort of the same in the AFC. You, you don't know who's going to do what as of right now. Uh, Just kind of going off what they did, you know, in the wild card games. But, yeah, man, the... Playoff season is upon us and it's, it's looking rather interesting for teams like the Giants and, uh, uh, Jaguars to be still in it. You know, yeah. You know, teams that nobody thought, like, dang, they At good. the beginning
0: of the season, you didn't look at those and go, so that's a playoff team. No. Uh, So changes, speaking of the playoffs and kind of fallout from playoff losses, changes are already going on in Tampa Bay as Byron Leftwich was fired yesterday. And this is a guy who was up for some head coaching jobs just a season ago. And all of a sudden, see ya, we're going to show you the door.
1: Byron Leftwich was the uh...
0: offensive coordinator Mm. that Tom Brady loved. Mm. And now he's been let go. And you get the sense with Tampa Bay that their relevancy is going to fall off pretty quickly here think they I think they're wrapping it up over there uh I mean I, it, I it was a bad sign when you you hired Todd Bowles as the head guy yeah you know, and I know that he he got that job based off of the fact that you know in that Super Bowl that was a dominating defense yeah but that defense got eight up yeah I, I,
1: Monday night. Like, ain't a If any of you watched that game, and you watched Tom, uh, Todd Bowles. He looked the, clueless. He didn't look clueless. He looked very. I thought he looked clueless. Because they showed him he he. he, it, he it
0: looked
1: maybe, like he had no answer. Maybe you read that, but I read a very uh, stubborn, conceited look upon his face. There were times where they were doing horrible, and he just sat there across and just, like, he, you know, very conceited and uh, conservative. And you've seen that in that his coaching. Yeah, it's I when mean, they, there was a when they were going fourth
0: and short, yeah, he
1: punts it. Yeah, and that's when I knew they're going to lose this game. Yeah. It wasn't because of how good the Cowboys were doing, but it was his coaching style he that lost the game. He was playing not to lose.
0: Yeah, and he went up losing anyways, but he was playing not to lose. He wasn't going after Dallas. No, but you fire Byron Leftwich. What are you gonna do offensively? You've got Todd Bowles seemingly gonna stay on as the head coach. You've got to assume that he's gonna to want to go to a very conservative type of offense. So, so you would think that he's gonna bring in that kind of a guy, and then you've got Tom Brady, who, for all intents and purposes, said goodbye to the media in Tampa Bay after the game. You know, he said thank you for. The, you know, welcoming me in and, you know, staying uh, loyal to me and all, all those things. And, and he said all of the things that make you think. He's certainly not coming back to Tampa Bay. In rap Report reported yesterday that if Tom Brady plays again, which he has given no answer. He says he's going to take it day by day at this point. That he's going to do it on a one-year deal. Uh, there are heavy connections to the Raiders. Uh, you know that that's a very strong possibility. There is still some conversation regarding Miami because of the the questions surrounding Tua Uh So there there's a few options. It would seem not as many as we've seen in years past, but there would be a couple of options out there possibly for Tom Brady. But it, you get the sense that though Tampa might would take him back, I mean you know you're certainly not going to tell him no. He doesn't want to be in Tampa Bay. Uh, he didn't look happy all year. He finished below 500 for the first time in his career. He gets, I mean, just absolutely dominated in the playoff game. Yeah. And no weapons, really, to, to speak of. You have Mike Evans, and that was just about it. You have let, zero run game.
1: And his, now, and because of that, because of that zero run game, his receivers were getting murdered. Yeah. Because you know, you, yeah. you know. Uh, what's his, is, it, is it Goodwin? Yeah. Goodwin was getting murdered. I mean,. J. Ron, uh, um, and Donovan Wilson, and what's it, Malik Alexander? Yeah. Those guys were taking it to him. I mean, every play that he was, if he got a catch and he got hit, he was getting up like he was grunting in pain. And so at that point, even when uh, Gage got hurt, I I, I was wondering, okay, are they going to stop? When are they going to run the ball? Because, and that, But that's been a run game that all
0: season has been non-existent because, I mean, Larry Fournette could not get it going this season. Uh, you know, you, you just didn't have it consistent enough to rely on it. And at 45 years old, you can't be asking Tom Brady. And I'm, I misquoted the stat yesterday. I said he had 55. He went up with 66 passing attempts yesterday.
1: Yeah. yeah, you can't do that. But what happens if he goes to... Uh, 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 Miami. Miami is a p- pass heavy. That's why I don't think I, he's going I think, there.
0: No, I don't think he is. I think the connection there is he, he does like Florida. You know, there was that heavy connection last off season. I don't get the sense he's going there. I do get a, a good sense that if Tom Brady's going to play in the NFL next year, it's going to be in Las Vegas. I get that well, him and Josh like, McNowns are going to yeah. get the band back together and see what they well, can and, do.
1: Well, in Las, in Las Vegas, you have a, f- a couple of receivers. You have uh, Devontae, Devontae Adams, Adams um, and then you have uh, Winfrey. Yeah, and so can you have
0: a run game you, because you still have that Patriot style offense. Yeah, He's still, you know, Josh McNowns is going to run that style of offense, and it was built around Tom Brady, right? You know, so I, I, you, you just get the feeling that if, and and that's a strong if, there is no real indication from Tom Brady. That he wants to play football. There's no indication they doesn't, but there's no strong indication that he does. It was kind of interesting to me that his parents came onto the field, you know, you to give kinda, him a hug. We haven't seen that. Yeah,
1: you kind of feel bad for him because it, it, to see him go out like that and this season that he's he, had, he was gonna go out with a loss. Yeah, but
0: but okay. You just ran out of time against the eventual Super Bowl champs in the Rams last year. That was it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Barring that, that that's a, a great run. Would you rather go out in that fashion as opposed to, I mean, just getting blown out at home? And the last thing, at this point, if Tom Brady walks away today or tomorrow or next week, the last thing we're going to remember about Tom Brady is him sitting on his rear after they lit him up. Man, mm-hmm. him just sitting there like, okay, what do I do? You know, I help me. There's no help. You know, and and you hate it. Yeah. But I also think, and this was a good point. I was listening to Dan Patrick talk about this yesterday, and I thought he brought up a good point. We're putting a lot of emphasis on well, that's Tom Brady's last game you think about all the other quarterbacks that have come and gone over the years that were considered great quarterbacks. Somebody remembers their last game really. You know, they still talk about their overall body of work. So if I'm Tom Brady, I'm not concerned with that. If I'm Tom Brady, I'm looking at okay, wherever I go, can they win? Can they protect me? And am I going to genuinely enjoy playing football? And if the answer is no to any of those questions, I retire. I go take the $300 million Fox deal and go to the booth and
1: see how that works out for you. Yeah. Then. But. (laughs) It just feels different. It does. And it. it, Like I said, you. No one. You you hate it for them. You know, I kind of feel bad for them. You know, and I'm not a Tom Brady's fan. I, I mean, the least of any of them, if any. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. You know, I don't watch him. I'm not. Never have really ever been one. But I feel bad for him. You know, because you 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 could have went out on top and you won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you, you went to Tampa Bay for the first season there. You led them to the Super Bowl. Could have retired then. Should have retired then, rather. Then the next year, you know, you go on a good run. You have a good run. You get beat by the Rams. Uh, like you said, they only ran out of time. Yeah. And then this year, you know, you you—it's not a good season, but you managed to squeak your way into the uh, the playoffs, and it goes completely left. I well, mean, and, and it's the just, other
0: thing, you you got the sense that well, yeah, they weren't really good, but it's Tom Brady. Yeah, next that, year that he's not going to get that benefit of the doubt.
1: No, that, that and that's why I feel bad is because this is what people are going to remember his last year in the NFL was bad you know and you had all the personal things yeah you know but that's the more reason than anything not just the fact that he's 45 going to be 46 if he's going to and possibly playing another year but it's that you lost your family behind this which is a personal deal it's that, personal. that's not
0: not a but at the same time, that this was the first year that it became about more than football for Tom Brady. Yeah, this Th- became that we were even having those type of conversations yeah. that there were issues off the field that were affecting his ability to play football. And how do you respond? That's what I want to know. If you're Tom Brady, how how is he going to respond to that? Yeah, you know what's he going to do? I I don't know. I, you you I, definitely get the sense he's going to wait. We probably won't hear anything this week. He said, you know, he's going to take this as yeah. day by day as possible. Um, I, I think he wants to avoid any pressure that he may have felt, real or or not. He he seemed to have felt pressured last year to hurry up and give a
1: decision. Yeah, because he said he the, that. He he said the same thing last year about taking the day to day. You know. Yeah, and I think he I, I think. What I saw out of that final
0: press conference was a man who, one, really believes he's not coming back to Tampa no matter what it, what he does, but, two, really wants to take stock of the entire situation. Yeah. You know, what do I really uh, want to do? Do I want to keep playing football? Can I keep playing football? At what level, you know, will I be playing football? And I think that's... I think the narrative of... His retirement is very important to him. I think he wants to make sure that whatever happens, he's in control.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I can't blame him. I uh,
1: yeah, I I uh, but I you know, I get the sense that, you know, yeah, this year he's not being pressured. Well, he's been he's not being pressured to retire. Rather no nobody question. even asked him really. No, that, it's that it's that rather was... just it's a question that's floating but hasn't been asked. It's like yeah. It hasn't been asked, but it's floating. It's a wonder. Uh so, it's kind of like, you know, last year, it's like, oh, you're going to retire. You're going to retire. You because
0: know? it was kind of flooded prior to the game but this could yeah. be his last game.
1: Well, and he was still at, like I said, last year wasn't a bad season for him. But this year, it was just sad. So, he's like, nobody, everybody's like kind of timid to ask that question. Yeah. And so, you it's sort of like in a situation where, well, we're just going to see. You know, if he's saying day-to-day, we're just going to wait with him. You know? Yeah. We're just going to see. Yeah. Um, but it, it's him. Quarterbacks like him and Matt Stafford and uh, Aaron Rodgers, which we're gonna talk about him uh, on another show because yeah. that's a, I and, and because we're you know
0: closing out on this show because I think that that's even more interesting to me than what Tom Brady does. I Aaron think that, Ro- that yeah, I think the Aaron Rodgers deal has a bigger effect on multiple people, more so even like I said than 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 uh, Tom Brady,
1: but. Quarterbacks like them, man. You know they they came in here you know, when we were kids. You know we Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, and you know so we watched them growing up. So that's our era of football, and that's uh,
0: quickly closing. Yes, like uh, I thought about the, that. That window is not just closing; uh, it is quickly closing in
1: yeah, the NFL. But you know, and so it's, it's like I said, it's a sad thing because even though I wasn't a fan of Tom Brady, I I grew up watching Tom Brady. And watching him dominate with the Patriots. And all these things that he's done on a level of greatness with him and Bill Belichick and th- those Patriot teams. And then him going uh, to Tampa and within one year winning a uh, Super Bowl. I told my brother the other day, I said, this Tampa team now it almost makes you forget that uh, Jameis Winston even played for him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that he was ever the quarterback. Yeah. It kind of makes you forget he was there for what, five years? Yeah. And so, it, it, it
0: also makes you forget that Levy Smith was their head coach at one point.
1: Exactly. See, I didn't see, <laughs> but it, but that's how Tom Brady has come in and he turned that organization around within one year, one yeah. season, and um, it, it changed their identity. Now everybody's looking at the Bucks in a different light. Uh, but it 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 just shows you, you know, the the impact that he had, you know, that he has on the game. Uh. Um, Matthew Stafford going into L.A. last season for first year there, uh, first season winning a Super Bowl. You yeah, know?
0: and you definitely get the sense he should have walked away. Yeah, so I think I I think those scenarios that we're talking about is exactly the Tom time where he's like, okay, I'm really going to evaluate whether or not I want to yeah. stay.
1: Well, you said we were going to talk about Aaron later, so I guess I I save that question for for later, if I can remember it. But yeah, man. he... You get the sense that you know Stafford should have walked away last year as well after that Super Bowl win, uh, and he should have just retired. But yeah. it, that's that's the era of football, man. It's a great era of football, and you know you can't you you can't take anything from it. You know those guys had their own you know greatness in their own way, and definite definite uh, Hall of Famers. Uh, I see Matthew Stafford is probably going to retire. Um, he should retire rather. <laughs> Uh, but you, you take what you can give, and you give what you can take. And I, I don't know if Tom Brady can give anymore. It just doesn't seem like he can.
0: Yeah. Well, it feels like we've kind of caught a midweek wind on this show. Yeah. We kind of got our feet back under us. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, like I said, I, I just was waiting for that Dallas game to get out of the way. I told you this during high school season, football season is – I kind of let it simmer a few days, uh, on the, on a game, to give any kind of real comments about it. But uh, so I had to do the same for the Cowboys. I'd give it a few days to give some real comments about it, from what you know, what I've seen in the game, good and bad. Um, but yeah, this definitely feels like a second win. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to talking about Aaron Rodgers because there's some 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 things that I kind of have in question for him uh you know, moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a very interesting subject. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I hope you're in you're enjoying our daily show. Uh, share us, shout out to us, all all of the above. Uh, interact with us. We want to you know get to know our fans yep. more. Uh, and sure. we're gonna be out doing some things here shortly, and so don't forget to reach out to good old sports. Uh, and we will see you. Uh. Later on.